This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management. Welcome to your commercial-free, uninterrupted investment show. Sponsored by the SEC-registered investment firm, Wilsey Asset Management, a fiduciary firm owned and operated by President Brent Wilsey, who has been putting clients' investment needs first for over 40 years. The Smart Investing Show has been giving unbiased financial information for over 27 years on local radio stations right here in San Diego, providing you with fundamental analysis on stocks and investments you want to know about. Now, here are your hosts, Brent and Chase Woolsey. Well, good morning and welcome to the Smart Investing Show. I am Brent Wilsey and thank you for joining us this morning. Have been doing the Smart Investing Show here in San Diego on local radio for 28 years. Now, if you have an investment question or want a fundamental analysis of a stock you own, or looking at buying, selling, or holding, please call in at 866 577 2473. Again, that's 866 577 2473. And as always, that'll get you through for your unbiased, no strings attached, fundamental opinion about what you want to talk about. Chase, good morning. Good morning. We got a lot to talk about, as always. You know, when I first started doing the show, gosh, uh, over 28 years ago, um, I thought what I like about the concept is it's never going to be the same. You know, when you, when you talk about some other things like, um, you know, say you're in, in insurance or just financial planning, there's only so many things you can talk about. But what I thought about this show, when I first thought about the Smart Investing Show 28 years ago, it's like every single week, there's something new and different to talk about. <laughs> oh, gosh, every <laughs> single day, there's something yeah, different true. to talk about. <laughs> and, and actually, I think that's why this show has been around for 28 years, because it's always fresh material and we've had listeners. Uh, it, it's funny, once in a while, we do have somebody come in like, yeah, but let's do a show for 20 years, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been around for a long, long time, and I think it'll be around for a long, long time well, let's to go for another. Too. Let's go for another 28 years there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, some big news that really moved uh, the markets, especially our portfolio, because we do a value portfolio. Very happy this week. I mean, we did extremely well that this week with uh, the news that came out. What I'm talking about is uh, the big news from Pfizer and Bio and Tech, as the company said, their corona, uh, well, the COVID-19 virus, uh, vaccine is more than 90% effective. The EMA said it would approve a vaccine for the EU, even if it didn't reach 50% effectiveness. And the uh, WHO set similar standards. The FDA said the vaccine must achieve at least 50%. But wow, 90%, you know, that is just phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the thing too is it looks like things are moving pretty quick here. I mean, Pfizer said they expect to apply with uh, FDA for emergency use before the end of the month. It also seems possible they could begin to distribute this vaccine before the year is over. So, I mean, this was just a, a giant step, I think, towards reopening the economy and, and people kind of poo-poo like, oh my gosh, you know, there's only 50 million vaccines available by the end right. of the year from Pfizer. But the big thing I keep saying is Pfizer's not the only company. They were the ones that mm -hmm. kind of released this data, but I know that Moderna, they have a very similar type process in the vaccine compared to, I believe they use what's known as mRNA, and I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to get into what mRNA is, but I know it's similar to what Pfizer had. So if that's a positive, maybe that's, even if it's 80% effective, let's say that's a big right. positive, we can start to distribute other types of vaccines. Then you talk about, you know, Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, a company like Novavax. There's a lot of other players in this market. If we start to get 90% effective, 90% effective, 85% effective, 80 Wow, even though Pfizer only has 50 million vaccines that they can distribute by the end of the year, 
you can start to get these other players in here to start to distribute those as well. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about where, where things lie in terms of getting this economy reopened. And, and actually, I think there's about five different companies with vaccine potential, we'll call it, and, and it's moving very quickly. And 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 then I remember talking back in April, people said, oh, it's going to take forever. It's like, it's not going to take forever. I mean, normally it takes, I think, uh, three, five, six years to get a vaccine. Well, they came out with this warp speed to where like, we're going to do everything there. And I also did talk about, we talked about uh, back in April, like we now have supercomputers. We have, you know, billions and billions of dollars. I, I think that I was like $100 billion going into research and development to find this. And that's what their main focus was. And they have achieved it. But back in April, people saying, oh, it's going to be at least until 2023 before we get anything. I said, no, not going to happen because we got so many things. And and here it is, December almost, and we're going to have a vaccine, I believe. Yeah, and I think it, it really brings to the point, again, don't doubt American business. Yes. I mean, these companies, these people are so smart <laughs> working right. on the vaccines. They're way smarter than I am, of course, I know. you know. Well, they're scientists, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's in the science. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing we talk about is – this is exactly why you don't try and time the market. No. I mean, you saw a lot of people panic over the election last week. They went to cash before the election, and now they're kind of in the spot. I mean, on Monday, we had a huge 3.5% gain or so on top of last week's 6.9%. So, I mean, this was a huge gain, and then yesterday was another huge day for especially value stocks, and we'll right. kind of get into that in a little bit. But, you know, it appears that those that panicked over the election – They've missed about a 10% run-up now. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what you get from market timing. You think, and people say, oh, you know, I said, well, your emotions. No, it's not emotions. I, I know that's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. You, who knew that, I forget the exact day, when Pfizer released the news? No one knew that it was going to come out. And, and that's why you have to stay invested in good quality businesses. You can't think you're smarter than the market. You can't let your emotions take over because you will miss big run-ups. And then you get into this game. We've talked about this many times. Just one more time, we'll talk about it. You can that game like, well, if it pulls back, you know, three, four, five percent, I'll get back in. But then it goes up another two percent. Oh my gosh! Well, if it pulls, and then you start playing that game, and eventually you buy 20 percent higher because you can't take it any longer. And then the market pulls back because you bought high. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think the big thing too is, and, and we've talked about putting a graphic together like this, where we put all these little scatter plots everywhere. Yep. And the thing is, people isolate on one point. But in reality, there's, you know, <laughs> infinite <laughs> possibilities, essentially, of what could come out that's a huge positive. Also, could be huge negatives out there, but people like to just isolate their thinking onto one data point. Again, I'll go back to the election. Oh, my gosh, the election, the election, election. Okay, well, what about this COVID vaccine that looks pretty strong? Nobody was talking about that. They were just talking yeah. about the election. Yeah. And that's the problem investors have is just isolating on one negative news point. I'll, I'll give you a little secret here. There will always be negative news out there. And really? You, <laughs> are you sure on that? <laughs> I don't care how good things are. People are still going to be unemployed. We're never going to have 0% unemployment. And, and let's add on to that. And the media will always dwell yes. on the negative side, no matter what it is. We're never going to have a perfect thing because you're right. There's always going to be negative news. And the media will pick up on that. They'll not talk about the good things. They'll talk about the negative. And, and I gotta say, I'm I. There's some media good, some media that's that's bad. And I've always said, you know, when we speak and so forth, the media is there not to educate you. 
it's there to sell advertising, to sell commercials and so forth. So that, they're going to find the things that hit your emotions the most. And I, I will tell you, we're always going to be here to be optimists because long term, it makes way more sense to be an optimist than a pessimist. You can find somebody that mm-hmm. called the bear market because they've been calling the bear market for the last <laughs> 20 years. But you look at the bull markets, it's a much better position to be positive. Even in 2008, 2009, they're still positive out there because you're looking at, okay, well, we're building on something. Again, back in, gosh, March and April, if you listen to our show, we were still optimistic about things to come. It does not pay off to be a pessimist because you will lose. You look at the history of the stock market. You lose every time you're a long-term negative bear market type person it doesn't pay off you know and i'm not sure what day christmas is on if it falls on a saturday or not but i was I think thinking it does. does it you know what we should do is run a special broadcast of the show we'll say back from april uh when we're talking about what's going to happen like holy almost said a swear word there <laughs> holy crap <laughs> they were right on a friday What's that? That's oh, a, a Friday. Friday. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll take a long weekend. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, well, let's talk about uh, some good things here. Let's talk about the good economic news and small businesses. Uh, yesterday, uh, we saw some good economic news. First, the National Federation of Independent Businesses released its Optimism Index for Small Businesses. And this is just amazing to me. And the reading stood at a strong 104. Now, this matched last month's report, which was the highest since January. and is near record levels. So things are still moving along here pretty good. Even though some people want to be negative, I think the, and this always happens, the negativity eventually kind of wears off. I'm talking about COVID-19. And yes, I know California, we're in the purple zone now and crazy, but it, it, I, I don't think it's going to have the same effect it did before. And I, I will say, I, I was a little bit upset we moved into purple, but- Oh, I was a lot of upset. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't as bad as I- thought, I guess. I, I thought restaurants were going to have to close down completely. The problem is that you have to go outdoors and now things are getting a little bit chilly. At least this weekend's supposed to be warmer. Yeah. So that, that's positive, I guess. But I mean, it's what we've been saying is people keep saying that the recovery isn't going to Main Street, it's going to Wall Street. Right. Well, this is proof that it is Main Street. You look at Main Street, that's typically small businesses. They are feeling pretty good. I mean, in the report here, they did indicate they are looking at increased profits, improving sales trends. And get this, they're even hiring new employees. I, I mean, that that's good news for this economy. Again, small business, and we've been saying this for months now, small businesses amaze me. They, they're they not just sitting there saying, oh, well, I, I guess we can't do anything. We're just going to have to close up. Yeah. No, they put their whole livelihood into this business. They're going to find a way to make this work, and they are. And I think that's why they're optimistic is they've kind of cleared these tough hurdles, and they're looking, again, six, 12 months down the road, thinking that things are going to be much, much better. And I think that's why the optimism index was was so high. Yeah, and this is also reflecting the job openings and labor turnover survey, which showed job openings increased to 6.4 million in September, uh, which was near pre-crisis levels. Overall, the jobs market still has a lot of room to improve to return to record levels. Uh, the numbers are pointing in the right direction. And, and, and again, I can't drive very far or walk very far without seeing somewhere a help wanted sign somewhere. We've even seen on billboards for truck drivers and everything else. I mean, the economy is trying to grow. And I think I did mention last week, I finally got my furniture uh, from the manufacturer, but there's some other problems. <laughs> we'll talk about, but it, I'm still waiting for my headboard. <laughs> it's still waiting for the headboard. But I mean, it's because we, we can't manufacture it quick enough. And the problem is, is that, it, and then also too, the, the dis, I, I'll tell you the worst thing I had was a delivery. 
I mean, it, it, the delivery was terrible because these guys are probably so busy trying to deliver stuff, um, they can't make the deliveries fast enough. And, yeah, and I, I will say it is a little bit of an interesting economy right now as well. Um, and, and I was reading an article, I don't have any of the numbers on it right now, but they, they, they discuss a lot about this economy. What we've actually seen is the manufacturing has, of course, recovered a lot more than the service-based economy. Yeah. And generally, our service-based economy is what carries us forward. But one thing I, I'm optimistic about is services are still held back because of all the COVID restrictions. Well, now we have at least manufacturing able to kind of hold up that, that negativity that we're losing from the, the service side. Just imagine when we do have the vaccine, when we can go back to normal. And yes, I do believe we will, we will be able to go, go back, back to normal. To normal. Yes. <laughs> I think we're just going to have a booming economy because services have been held down, but we've been able to kind of subsidize that a little bit with this manufacturing type employment for people. And now once we have that, now these manufacturing people, they're going to have money they want to spend. Right. Where are they going to want to spend it? Oh, right. I'm going to want to travel now. I'm going to want to go out to eat. I'm going to want to go to hotels and, and get on airplanes. And, and we will return to this. That is going to be a boom for this economy because there is going to be demand for those service jobs and they will come back. And, and we are value investors. We're, we look for value. And it is disappointing on our side because hotels are, are I appear to be fully valued, even though they're not full. Yeah. Uh, restaurants, we have some big restaurants, like, wow, they're, they're back up to the highs. So that shows an indicator that things will return back to normal. And and even I, I got my haircut last night, and, and unfortunately, you know, they said, well, we hope we don't have to close down again because we lose customers. I mean, people, they don't come back or they go somewhere else and so forth. So I, I'm very curious. I've, I've heard some gym owners, some, some restaurants saying, we're not going to close down because if we close down, that's it. We're going bankrupt. So if they yeah. want to force us down. So if I do find a restaurant that says, you know what, we're still staying open. You can still eat inside. I'm going to go to that restaurant and, and you know, uh, patronize them because it, it, it's just foolish. And, and, and did we put that in here? I don't think we did. No. Uh, yeah. But because we did a, a, we had a lot of other great topics, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was the one where was it uh, the deaths per hundred thousand or what four? Uh, uh, I didn't have the deaths per hundred thousand. It was just like the deaths per day. Per day was it? We didn't top four for the last month. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, it's yeah. just crazy. But but there's good, good numbers on that. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's on our Facebook. Yeah. So on our if Facebook, you, yeah, okay, if yeah. you want to look at it, just go to Smart Investment with Brent Chase Wilsey. Go to Brent Wilsey, Chase Wilsey. We did post it there. Just yep. some information on the shutdowns and stuff. But but again, the, the thing that it all comes back to is we will be okay in this economy. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but if we do have some companies go bankrupt. What that is going to create is when we do reopen, there is going to be an empty gym space. Well, now somebody yeah. new is going to come in and hire people to operate that gym. Yep. So it, it's going to be unfair, I really think, for some people. And I, I don't know how to explain that to those people, but it is very unfair. <laughs> um, but the economy will replace those jobs in one way or another. And and that that's why I'm just, I, I am very optimistic about things over the next, you know, maybe not the next three months. I'm still pretty optimistic about that, but yeah. I'm yeah. looking again over the next one, two years. I, I think things are going to be looking pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I wish we could buy an airline, but the airlines are <laughs> overpriced they're, as well. well. They're not just overpriced, but they're late in debt. And that's a thing too. Is uh, there's a couple debt. that aren't. Uh, well, yeah, 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 that's right. Now the one we're talking about, which we won't share, we almost bought it. Like I forget what happened, but, uh, now it's like way too priced. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody can call in and kind of guess what that one is. So, uh, speaking about buying, let's talk about value stocks. I mean, um, now, I'm confident over the next few years, value stocks will easily outperform your tech growth stocks. And I had the same resistance back in the tech boom. Like, oh, you don't get it. That's the that's the old way. This is a new way. But the valuations have gotten too crazy for growth stocks as the Ford PE multiples for this group 
is now near twice as high as value. And nothing goes on forever. That's what I would tell people. And it's getting further and further away. Eventually, it's going to, it's like a rubber band. It's going to snap, snap back and it's going to be major. Yeah. And I, I mean, you look at the numbers here. I mean, this is actually the highest spread since the dot com bubble in 2000. People, and I, I, I see a lot of these TV pundits, this is not the dot com bubble because, you know, these companies actually have earnings. <laughs> okay, well, what are you valuing those earnings at? Yeah. How does it make sense that you're valuing this company at 40 times future earnings or a company like Zoom? I saw they did have their worst week, I guess, ever as a company. But you're valuing you them. stock-wise worst. Yeah, week, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're valuing them at what, like 70 times sales? Like yeah. that? that is absolutely absurd. I don't care if it's a good company. How are you going to value a company like that? I do think it's not .com 2.0, but I think it is cloud 2.0 or cloud bubble or whatever you want yeah, to call it. There, it's a yeah. It's a different type of over exuberance in this market it's not dot com bubble but it, but there is over exuberance you can't deny it with these valuations we say you know how did that turn out for growth investors back in the dot com bubble you know they felt high and mighty with a return of 592.5% from December 31st 1999 to August 31st 2000 so you look at that which easily topped the values return of 335.04% during the same time frame, and excuse me, this should have actually been December 31st, 1989 to 2000. So over that 10-year yeah. time yeah, period, say, yeah, that number looked wrong. Yeah. growth easily trumped values return. And people, oh, you know, I, I value investing. It doesn't work. It's dead. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the old way to do it. But again, the bust did not play out that well for growth investors. Yeah. And also when you look from August 31st, 2000 to May 31st, 2007, value stocks climbed 79.78% and growth fell 28.96%. And this means that same investment from uh, December 31st, 1999 and growth would have been up 391.93% on May 31st, 2007, while value would have been up 600 82%. So you really got to look at the numbers and, and there are going to be times one's better. And we have always been a value investor. We'll always stay that way. We know there's going to be times growth beats us. When you go back to uh, what is 1927, I forget the, like a hundred years, uh, value overall has beaten growth. I, I think like 9.7 was growth. And I think value is 12.7 over hundred years. Again, this is just another example. This is why you want value. And the reason why value works is because eventually everything goes back to, well, what am I getting back for what I pay? What kind of earnings am I getting? What kind of cash flow? And when you're paying, and again, you said Zoom was what, 70 times sales? I don't know the exact number, but well, I just it's, know it's, it's absurd. Absurd. What happens is I saw Cisco's CEO on uh, CNBC this back week, past week reporting about uh, their earnings, and they asked that question. They go, well, you know, we, we got things we're working on and we're improving and there's, there's different things we're gonna have. So there's competition. And when you have a company trading that high of a multiple like Zoom is, it's not like, oh, everything's fine. No, Cisco, they're not sitting on their hands saying, okay, well, Zoom's a winner. No, we're going to come up with something better. And I do believe they mentioned something uh, about a high definition that'd be better than what Zoom is. So there's things that's working and they're spending a lot of money on that. So that's why you don't pay these high prices. And it's great if you get that. But what I have found too is that many times people say, yeah, yeah, I, I got Zoom at you know, $100 a share. And you find out they got like 10 shares. Yeah. But yet their portfolio is a million dollars. It didn't even move your portfolio. And that's why, you know, value investing is not as exciting, but you can make those bigger commitments. And we're, we're, we run a concentrated portfolio. So generally we'll buy 6% of a portfolio of a business that we want to hold for three to five years. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to point out, I mean, you look over the last 14 years, growth has topped value 
easily. And I, I was talking to a, a client the other day and he was asking me, he's got another portfolio with, you know, Amazon and Microsoft, but we've right. done very well compared to that other portfolio over the last few months. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, your portfolio is doing so much better. And I was like, well, the thing you have to understand, and I, I was very honest, I said, we've underperformed the Amazons and the Microsofts right. over the last 14 years. There's no denying that. I'm not going to, you know, BS you and say, right. oh, yeah, we're, we're outperforming it and doing great. But I said, I do believe going forward, we will be right. The 14-year outperformance cannot go on another 14 years. And you talk again about that bust. I want to say a seven-year period. Over seven years from the peak of the, the dot-com top, you lost 29% <laughs> seven years later. It's not like you were down 29% that, the next year. You were down 29% after seven years. You right. made no money. You lost money. That is terrible. And, and the thing, too, that you have to realize is how compounding works because it works very well when you're at the end of those years and you, the final years you're getting you know, 20 30 40%. Like, wow, it really makes that, that long-term number look better. But when things reverse, you got to remember that that dollar value is higher. So then you lose 20%. It's off a bigger amount. It really wipes out that that long-term gain you had. Uh, so, th so that's why you really got to understand the numbers. And when it comes to investing, you have to look at We have people say, well, I've been with you for a couple of years. And, you know, Amazon and, and everybody else is doing better than you guys. So we're going to switch. Don't ever come to us for a two-year time frame. When you invest, it should be for a 10-year period. That's a full cycle and we tell people, uh, probably, well, we don't say a seven-year period. We're going to have a couple losing years. That's going to happen. Ten-year, you might have three losing years. But if you average at 8, 10, maybe 12% is what you're kind of looking for, that's fine. But you're not always going to be the winner. And you're not always going to have the high-performing stocks. That's the loser's games that people get into. Is, oh, I'm going to buy Amazon now, 3000 Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see Amazon going to 6000 uh anytime soon by any means. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's a big thing too, is people look at it, oh, there's no way we're going to catch up because, you know, growth has outperformed for the last 14 years and you're trailing, you know, and it's, it's not been good. But again, I, I mean, I do encourage you, it's kind of hard to listen to the number returns. Yeah. Go check it out on, on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or LinkedIn. We, we had it all posted there. Look at the numbers there because it is pretty crazy. Again, after 10 years in the dot-com bust, it, it looked like the same, or excuse me, the dot-com like boom. bubble, the bubble. boom was... You look at it there, oh, there's no way value's catching back up. But it took just seven years for value to be, what, 200, 300% higher yep. than where growth was after that 17-year period now. So things can revert quite quickly. And, you know, we're, we're very patient because we're not investing money for tomorrow. We're right. investing money for generally a lifetime for lifetime. People. It is really a lifetime for investing. Um, and, and if people say, well, gosh, I, I'm not on social media and I still want to get that. If they go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com, that's smartinvesting2000.com, send us an email. Uh, we'll send it out to you privately for, for an email for it because it's very important to look at these numbers and understand the numbers. It's all about the numbers and and very important to understand that. So, all right, uh, phone number is 866 577 Two four seven three. That's eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. Before we take the calls, you want to talk about? Uh, is it really next Saturday? Is a workshop already? Can't believe it's coming up. <laughs> no, November twenty first uh, from ten thirty to twelve. We're going to do a, a live workshop. We are working on the social distancing, being outside. Uh, we are going to make this safe for you. And during these times, you really are confused on what's going on. We just talked about how you may have missed things. You're not sure on how to invest. Hopefully. You, you know, you, you've got some things invested, not sitting with a million dollars cash in, in the bank saying, I don't know what to do. Well, then you come to the workshop because we've been doing these workshops for many, many years. 
we demonstrate how fund analysis works, how to be a long-term investor, and very important, how to, to, to stop the emotional roller coaster you're on of what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, and, and I can't invest because I'm worried about this. We're going to show you why you should be investing and what companies you should be investing in, how to find them. We're not going to give you the companies, but how to find those good value companies. <laughs> it is a free, uh, free workshop. If you're concerned about the political uncertainty and everything else going on, COVID-19, whatever it is, come to learn how to invest. It is a free workshop. Go to our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. Go to the website. You'll see right there the workshop. Click on that. It'll pull down. You can sign up right there. You can call the office. Uh, just ask for Brianna, 858-546-4306. That's 858-546-4306. And we'll get you signed up for the workshop, which, again, is Saturday, November 21st, next Saturday, uh, 1030 to 12. So hope to see you there. All righty. Uh, again, phone numbers here, 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Now I know we had on Facebook from Jason and G, they had a, a question about, uh, HBI, which is Haynes Brands. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Jason had it originally asked for it, and G commented saying, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. So uh, we're going to knock out two birds with one stone here. And I guess people really want to get into underwear. Is what they're thinking, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and it is kind of funny because I did see this. I won't give away too much until we go through it. I did look at this myself when I saw, like, because they had a big drop, uh, which you'll, you'll probably talk about. Um, and it's just like, this is what I look at. This could be something good. But let me go over the numbers of why. I'll share with you why I'm not that excited about it when you get to one section here. So come again, it's Haynes Brands Incorporated. Symbol is HBI. Uh, great start, PE ratio 10.6. Price to sales, wow, 0.7 versus 1.9. I did notice no price to tangible book value versus 22 because I know the company does have a lot of intangible assets on their balance sheet when I actually looked at that. We do see price to cash looks good though, eight versus 18.3. So the valuation ratios look pretty good with the exception of the, the price of tangible book value. Dividend yield, this got very exciting, 4.6%, and they only used 49% of their earnings to pay that out, so that was very enticing. Then I looked at the sales growth. Sales growth was down 5.3%, but not as bad as the industry, down 10.9%. Earnings per share did fall for Haynes Brands by 20%, but the industry was down 120 Here's where I got nervous. Look at the balance sheet. Current ratio, 2 versus 2.2. That was okay. Then I saw debt to equity, 346 versus 93. And, and again, keep in mind that they have a lot of intangibles on the balance sheet as well. So if they have to write those down, you can see the total debt to equity go to 400, maybe even 500. Very crazy. Uh, we also looked at the return on equity, 38.46 versus negative two. That was a positive. Net profit margin came in positive at 6.6 .6 versus negative 0.95. And then receivable turnover, 6.6 .6 versus 8.7. Inventory turnover, 1.9 versus 2.6. Jace? Yeah, so current price here for Haynes Brands, $12.95. It is off that 52-week high of $17.74, but it also has climbed off that 52-week low by a lot as it was $6.96. Now I got to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $1.55, so it does give us a nice target sell price of $25.11. I mean, I want to like this company. I mean, yes. I think I'm wearing Hanes right now. I, I like I like the brand. I'm wearing Jockey. <laughs> We're probably giving too much information for yeah. me right now. <laughs> but but the thing I look at is again that debt. You just 
it's hard to kind of grasp that because if things do slow down, maybe there's another new underwear competitor that comes out and nobody wants Hanes underwear anymore. They're yeah. going to go bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, you got what, Fruit of Loom and stuff. But I, I, I like the concept because it's a nice company to where there's nothing really, uh, they're not going to be beat by technology or something like that. So it's a, it's a good quality business, but it does worry me with that debt and what could happen is that they can't pay their bills and the company goes into bankruptcy. You're still going to have Haynes brands around, but as the equity investor, if they recapitalize, you lose all your investments. So uh, I like the concept of it. Uh, and before the show, we're, we're just talking about how we like to find companies that, you know, they, they maybe try to overgrow or something else happened. They, they pull back. Uh, I would love to say Jason that this is a great, great company. And I think it's a good company. But I would not take the risk of investing in a company with that much debt because it could be a value trap, as we've talked about. I just wonder, have they bought other brands that, I mean, I just never hear, I guess. Like, I know the Haynes brand. Right. But generally, if for a company to have that much debt, that much in intangibles, they're going to have to have acquired other things. So I wonder what they've bought over the years to drive up their intangibles so much. Right. And, and, and remember, that's debt to equity. So now they could have very low equity as well. Their, their, their equity could be very small, and they just have debt that's, you know, 300, what, 50% uh, times. Um, but you'd want to understand that. But even with that, if you don't have much not equity, worth it. it's not worth it. So I would say move on. Maybe look up for the loom. I don't know, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, so I, I hope that helps out, guys, because it just doesn't look like it's one that is, is um, I like the concept, but when you see that debt, run away. Yeah. So. All right. Phone numbers here are 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. Let's go out to Coronado and speak with John. John, you're in the Smart Vest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Yeah, hi, guys. I was wondering uh, what you think of Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, I know it's touted as a big value stock, and I was wondering if it's on your radar. Uh, it's always hard to kind of pull this up. Let me let me see if it comes up or not, uh, because I know they have the, the A shares, the B shares. We got something here uh, that comes up yeah. for it. Um, yeah, I guess I got I guess I got to put the dot B in there. It, it's just a it's a different. I just put B R K B and it pulled up for me. B A. What did you do? B B R K B. All right, let me see if it comes up there. It says loading. Let's see. Yep, there it is. Okay, now we don't know. If there's the A shares, the B shares, but it's still the same same situation. Uh, and and I will say, I will point out that we are, we are concerned. We've always liked Warren Buffett's style and so forth. I think is he 90 yet, Chase? Did he turn 90? He's close. If he's, he's cool. not there, I know Munger's like 93, 94, yeah, 93. Um, is that he has been and what we've kind of seen is turned the reins over to the other, we'll call them the top two lieutenants that he has. So I don't think he's making the decisions. We have noticed some things that just don't make sense the way the old Warren Buffett is. So and like Amazon would have never been in a Warren Buffett type portfolio. Yeah, yeah. so so we'll, we'll go with the numbers here, but I do want to keep that in mind is that uh, we don't think it's the same management as it was. And that's very important when you're investing in any company is who's the management. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at the Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated, symbol is BRKB. Uh, a good start, PE ratio is 15.1 versus 24.5. We do see price of sales 2.2, about twice the industry at 1.1. Price to book value, 1.7, above the industry at 1.3. And then price to cash flow is 11.4 versus 7.5. So with the exception of the earnings, there's not a lot of good value there. We'll put it that way. Uh, they do not pay a dividend. Their sales are down year over year, 2.6%. Industry was up 2.7. 
Earnings per share, however, climbed by 38%. Industry is down 23. Now, they are a financial company, so there's no current ratio. Debt to equity is 25.9 versus 40. Return on equity is 8.8, double the industry at 4.6. Net profit margin is 14.8 versus 4.3. And then receivable turnover is 16.3. Very good compared to the industry at 3.5. And inventory turnover, not sure what that would be, but that's 9.9 versus non-material. Chase, what do you got for the earnings? Yeah, so uh, actually Brendan did pull it up for us, but Warren is 90 years old, so... Oh. Uh, He's he's hit yeah. that magic number there. You know, we gotta say on air, Brendan's great. He does stuff like that for us all the time, and we really appreciate that, Brendan. Good job. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, the other thing too, I wanted to mention here, John, is, is Berkshire. It is. I mean, we we kind of talked about mm-hmm. the Amazon and the investment portfolio, but you also, of course, have mm-hmm. to remember that they have, I think, what Seas Candy. They have the Geico Insurance. They have a railroad in there. They have all these other businesses. So it, it's a very Another reason I don't like to buy Berkshire is it's very hard to really value because you have so many things in there that are different types of businesses. Yeah. So it's almost right. it's almost like buying a mutual fund, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh-huh. you're you're getting a bunch of different companies in, in one stock here. It's not like just one business. But but with that said, we will take a closer look here at the numbers. And unfortunately, I even if I type in the B shares, I still get the A shares in terms of the price and stuff. But it still gives you an idea of where things are at. I, I think the B shares are one tenth of the A shares. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around that. But the the current price for the A shares is three hundred forty one thousand seven hundred fifty four dollars. 52-week high. I'm kind of surprised by this. $347,400, so it's a lot closer to that 52-week high than I thought it would be. Yeah. And 52-week low is $239,440. Now, if I go out to December 2021, I do see estimated earnings per share of $16,050.33. Fortunately, I would give us a target sell price of $260,000. $15.35. So it is below that level. And I will point out, Berkshire is another company that doesn't have a whole lot of analyst estimates on it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it stems from the complexity of the company. So there's just two analyst estimates there. So there's there's just a lot of difficulty in valuing this company. And I do worry about the Warren Buffett effect. If once he does res- resign and, and move on, what's the stock going to do? It, it's really going to be dependent on that CEO and, and who it is. And I think they just made, I, I would say, a few months ago a large investment in four Chinese com- Japanese companies or something oh yeah yeah and it, it was just right. it seems to be kind of changing a little bit and and, and I think it's going to ride on the Warren Buffett name but I, I just don't believe it's the same and I think going forward you know five years I and I hope uh, Mr. Buffett lives for many many years to come but uh, not sure what's going to happen there so I, I I don't like it because of the fact that it I think it's changing uh, behind the scenes yeah. All right John you know you know, would this be one where the parts are greater than the sum? The parts are greater than the sum. I guess you mm-hmm. kind of look at it to break to break up after Buffett moves on. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could be an interesting idea. I mean, uh, I know the Geico business is very very strong, um, but I, I know insurance companies. You look at like a company like Allstate doesn't get great valuations right now. So I I, I am wondering right. what type of value you're going to place on a Geico. So it, it is very hard because it's. I don't want to say it's hidden, but it's very complex. I wonder what the, as you kind of brought up, the sum of the parts would really be and what they would be as standalone companies. I mean, is Geico going to get a good multiple on its own? I don't know. Um, So it's something I'm sure that a a new CEO would probably consider. Okay. All right, John. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That does open the phone line. 866-577-5673. 
866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And Jay says, you know, you're talking and John was talking and so forth. And I'm just thinking how important it is. I mean, because we do look at the management of all the companies that we own. Mm-hmm. Like there's one company that we have, they just brought in this new CEO that's really doing some some very tremendous things of really cleaning up shop, we'll call it, and so forth. Um, I see the opposite with a Warren Buffett uh, or a Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, I, I always say there's no other company, in my opinion, that has more CEO risk than yeah. Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, he is Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to think of another company that would come close to that, and I can't think of one. I, I, I mean, some. one that, that just comes to my mind is Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan Chase, go. but even that, I mean... <sighs> It's not his company where Berkshire was started by Buffett yeah. and, you know, it grown by Buffett and run by Buffett for decades. Yeah. And I mean, Jamie Diamond's been a great CEO for what, the last I would say 11, 12 years? I'm, I'm, I'm not, not even sure. It's been, it's been a while, but yeah, he he is associated with that name that he had, he is, you know, Jamie Diamond, you know, he's with, with J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, and had another one that I was thinking about as well that actually came and then <laughs> left on me. I mean, you got like a Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook, but I, I oh, still think. Well, so I don't forget because I'm older. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was um, uh, from Cisco. Um, Chuck Robbins? Ch- no, not, well, Chuck Robbins is a new guy. Oh, okay. Uh, Chambers, uh, John Chambers. I mean, he was with Cisco since, gosh, the, the tech boom and stuff, and he was there for a long time. Uh, and when he left, it was something that, well, it, and John Robbins done a good job. Okay, another one too was Apple. Yeah. Um, you know, so so they have that. You can get somebody in to kind of do as good if they can take the ball and run with it. I I, I just don't see that with the Berkshire Hathaway because I, I I believe Warren Buffett was unique in his strategy, and I don't see that with the new guys coming in. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very hard because Warren Buffett does kind of give a lot of leeway. I think to the different heads to run. Geico to run the railroad to right. do that type of stuff. I wonder what a new CEO is going to do where he might come in and as John said, maybe spin off the companies. I, yeah. I mean, you might get a financial strategist in there saying, okay, let's, let's spin off some things. I think it is going to be a completely different Berkshire Hathaway 10 years from now. Yep. Yep. All right. Phone number is 866-577-2473. That's 866-577-2473. we got a couple here on Facebook. Uh, Robert and Facebook. Uh, what's that symbol there? K-I-M. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at that there. Um, yeah, I haven't heard of this one, uh, Kimco Realty. I've heard of that one before, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a look at it again. again I, I, it is a REIT, uh, but we'll take a look at the Kimco Realty Corporation, symbol is KIM. A good start, PE ratio is 7.1 versus not material for the industry. Price to sales, 5.7 versus 1.9. Price to book value, 1.1 versus 1.3. And price to cash flow, 5.7. The industry is crazy here at 306. You do get a, a 2.8% dividend. They use 50% of their earnings to pay that out. Uh, we do see that their sales are down 5.4% year over year. Industry is down 10. We do, so ha- however, earnings per share up 169 when the industry is down 184. Debt to equity 98 versus 275. That's a big positive. Return on equity looks very good, 16.7 versus negative 2.9. Net profit margin, I'm double-checking the number because it says 77 versus negative 4.8. So that always makes me kind of worry. Are they selling something? And again, this is, a, I believe, a REIT. You're going to double-check that mm-hmm. for me. But uh, they sold some land or some building or something off because that's a pretty high net profit margin. And then uh, receivable turnover is 5 versus 6.6. Uh, no inventory turnover. Chase, what do you got over there? Yeah, so I did want to talk about this company. I, I'm very intrigued by it. 
Um, you look at what they do. They are actually specialized in shopping center acquisitions, development and management and operation of, I like this part, open air shopping center. So it's not <laughs> I, a mall. I bet you they changed that recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that's very interesting. Uh, they're generally anchored too. I, I like this by discounters, which I don't think are going to have any problems. They've done okay during COVID yep. and also grocery stores, which I think are again, very, very safe. Yep. The other thing that they are anchored by, unfortunately, those service oriented tenants. So that's probably the the businesses that are having a little bit more difficulty. But but I, I do think again, I talked about it earlier in the show that these service business owners will come back and it, yep. it'll be something that will provide some growth for Kimco, I think, down the road, depending on who's paying the rent and who's not, but also the, the grocery stores and the discounters can kind of subsidize those payments and, and allow this company to to live, so to speak, until right. those service-oriented companies come back. Uh, I look at the numbers here, current price, $14.22. Robert did say he was up 23% in the last two weeks on it. I think that stems from the reopening of the economy. I think this company could do very, very well as the economy continues to reopen. So um, you look at 52-week high, $21.86, a 52-week low, $7.45. Then I look out to December 2021, again, for real estate investment trusts, we look at funds from operations rather than earnings because of the high depreciation and other non-cash expenses. Look at it here for December 2021, $1.28. gives the target sell price of $20.74. So I would be curious where they are located, where their yeah. their shopping centers are at, but I, I think it's an interesting one, Robert. And, and actually, uh, th- this weekend I, I put it off as long as I can, but I, I know I'm going to take my fiance. We're, we're going to go to the discount. Uh, what do they call them? The, the outlets. The outlets, yes. And I assume that's what the, 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 this company is. No, no, no. That, that's like a Tangier outlet. This company is like, um, I'm kind of thinking like. I'm thinking like a place like Scripps Highway Parkway up there where you have the Coles, the Office Depot. It's, it's okay. a, a standalone kind of shopping center. Okay. So, yeah, they have a few stores in there is what, yeah. what they'll have. Okay. So, all right. So, I, don't worry about me going shopping this, yeah. this weekend. <laughs> but, but, I, but I am kind of curious to see what kind of crowds are going to be there and so forth. And I still believe that there's going to be no, um, you know, people say, oh, eventually they're all going to be gone because we're going to shop online. I do not believe that at all. There, there will always be, in my opinion, uh, shopping that you're going to go to because we are social human beings. We want to socialize. We want to go out there. And it just, and again, for a lot of, and I, I'm going to probably get in trouble here being sexist, but for a lot of women, they really enjoy going out, going shopping. Myself, it's like, okay, let me go in and get what I want and, and that's it. I, but people, it's a, it's entertainment. Well, and I mean, I'll, I'll shift to kind of a different point of view. I mean, you say women like to go shopping. I still like to go to the store, too. I, I like going to Costco. I like not, going, the way, not the way my fiance likes to shop. <laughs> I, I'm talking about a different kind of shopping. I'm talking about, I, I don't like to go shopping. I don't like to go to the stores and go pick out clothes. That's not what I like to do. But I, I like to go to Target. I like to go to, like, a Best Buy. Companies like that where you're not there for five hours shopping. It's not an activity. Yeah. But I like to go out and kind of look at things. And, you know, I still like to grow grocery shopping at the store. And, and that's what Kimco does. So I, I think that's... Uh, again, I I think it's a very interesting company. Yep. I, I I might do a little more research on it as well. Yeah, and just remind people. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of talk about things here before we we invest in any company. It's 10, 15, 20 hours of research. So we're we're just giving you what uh, you know two or three minutes, four minutes, maybe five minutes max. So if we say we like something, make sure that you actually do that much more research. Uh, I mean, that's why a lot of people come to us for investments because they don't have the time. Yeah, uh, and it's not that we're some geniuses and so forth. We just have the time to really dig deep into this. It's our job. It's our full time job. So, all right, phone number is eight six six five seven seven two four seven three. That's eight six six 
877-277-2473. Let's head up to Ranch Bernardo and speak with Ken. Ken, you're on the Smart Invest Show. We're on Chase. How can we help you? Hi. How are you guys doing? Enjoy your show. Oh, thank you, Ken. Glad you called. How can we help you? Yeah, I have a stock that a friend of mine has recommended, mm-hmm. and um, according to them, uh, I've bought a few stocks uh, through their recommendations before that have done very well. This one I'm a little on the fence about. It's called Standard Lithium, and the uh, ticker's STLHF. Okay, and do you, so you're looking at buying this. Did, is it a foreign company, Chase? Because I put it in, nothing came up. Or is it too small? It almost looks like um, a I believe it's based out of Vancouver, Canada. Okay. Um, it may be what's called over-the-counter. It may have a very small market cap. I, I did not pull up uh, Yahoo Finance because I can – quick way to go there to see what the market cap is. Did, did you have it up or no? Uh, market cap's $174 million. Well, that's not that small, really. Yeah, that's pretty small. Yeah, well, We yeah. could buy the whole company. We could, but <laughs> I don't think, I think we want it, to. Yeah. Now it's selling for like a dollar sixty-five, something like that. Okay, yeah. So, so it's a penny stock, is what it is. So, that, so that's why, unfortunately, we're not getting anything there. Uh, I, I mean, I think you said you made some good moves with these guys before. Uh, yeah, it is a gamble. I mean, especially since we can't even pull up any financials on on the company. I mean, it's a dollar seventy-four. I think you said. I mean, it could be at three seventy-four. You know, a month from now, it could stay at a dollar seventy-four for years, or go down to fifty right. cents. So it, it's more of a uh, go to Vegas type stock. Up yeah, I mean, it, you look at it; it's been all over the place. I mean, look at the fifty-two week range. So the lows thirty cents, highs a dollar seventy-eight. That I mean, that's the thing with these these dollar stocks, these penny stocks, is you, you can move things very quickly. The problem is, depending on how much you buy, you can move the market with a very little amount in in there. And, and what's the do you have to say the volume of the trades, Chase? Because that's very important with these penny stocks as well. Is that you might say, oh, you know, I'm I'm up, and then you look like, well, a thousand Hard shares traded, yeah, but, and you can't get out because you, you you know you 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 have a lot more shares, and you can move the market on such a small company, and sometimes you'll say, oh yeah, it's, it's up, you know, you know, like a dollar, but only right. few thousand shares traded, so that's not a very good indicator. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just, that was one of my that was one of my concerns is if I you know buy like you said about a thousand shares and then I say uh, I want to get out and then nobody really wants to buy it you yeah. know yeah yeah and I mean I, I do see here there it doesn't appear to be any sales on the company they're of course losing yeah. money with no sales okay. yeah. um I, it looks like they are a lithium company and I, I do see here the company is commencing due diligence and research valuation on more than 30,000 acres of brine leases located so this is again a, a very speculative company on lithium and I almost wonder if you want to play lithium I, I think there are other better companies or you could even just buy lithium I'm sure right. this company could just go it, under very very easily did you see the volume you said you saw I couldn't find the volume, find volume. yeah so that, that's kind of are you on Yahoo Finance? Or, no, I'm on no, CNBC. CNBC, okay, yeah. So I, you know, it's funny. It's gonna pull up Yahoo Finance today. Like, ah, I'm not gonna do it. So I, I wish I had. But uh, you, you know, Ken, just check the volume, yeah. see what that is. And I, I think you do have that worry. And this is one that it, it could be, it could explode. It could do exact, you know, extremely well. But the risk right. is just very high. I did find the volume at 10-day average is 90,000 shares. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's not well, very thank much. Thank you, guys. No. I, I think I put you guys to work here this morning. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, I got a headache here, Ken. <laughs> By the way, I like to do that thing, too, like going to Target and uh, going to Costco and that stuff, too. You know, I, I, I enjoy that. Just, but I, I, I just hate looking for clothes. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> All right, Ken. Thanks for calling. You have a good one. All right. You guys take care of yourselves. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, that does open the phone line, 
866-577-2473. Again, that's 866-577-2473. And Chase, you know, I, I say things about the shopping and so forth. And I know I shouldn't say that stuff, but I still say it. You know, that's why I get in trouble all the time with my, my fiance because I, I know I shouldn't say it. It's like the words are coming out. I know I'm getting in trouble for it, but I still say it. It's fine. I, I would say on average, you can't deny that women like to go shopping more than men. It, it, it's true. That's true. So on average, on average, you know, yeah, on average. So let's just move on before yeah. we get more trouble. Okay. Let, let's go out to uh, San Diego and speak with, how do you pronounce that? Uh, Hyrus? Is that the way? Hyrus? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. Gyrus is my guess. No. Hi, hi, Hyrus, you're in the Smart Invest Show, Brent Chase. How can we help you? Hi guys, uh, Chase, you got it. Jairus. Jairus. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, since you guys are taking the telly, I'm on the Chase column. I like going to the stores. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brent, uh, just just hand over the credit card. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> you, you, you messed up. <laughs> but uh, I, I called you guys a couple of weeks ago from Big Bear. I'm in San Diego now, but uh, yeah. hopefully see you next Saturday. Awesome. Good. Um, want some help on a company called Sienna, uh, symbol C as in cat, I-E-N. Um, been looking at some 5G companies. They're one on my list. Okay. Right now they're on the top of my list. I don't have anything invested yet. I uh, just want to see what your analysis is. Okay. We'll take a look at the Sienna Corporation, symbol is C-I-E-N. And I'm pretty sure 20 years ago, I looked at this company. I think we even invested and made money, but uh, kind of curious to see what it looks like now. Uh, we do have a good start here. P ratio is 18 versus 29. Price to sales, 1.8 below the industry at 2.8. Price to book value, 3.3 versus not material for the industry. And price of cash flow, the only valuation rate is a little bit higher, 13.3, just slightly above the industry at 12.3. They do not pay a dividend. Sales year over year are up 4.8%. The industry is down 0.2. And earnings per share for Sienna climbed by 59.5. The industry is down 8.5. We do see on the balance sheet a nice current ratio of 3.6 versus 1.9. Debt to equity also looking very good, 31 versus 79. We see a return on equity of 16.6 versus 15.4. That is good. Net profit margin, 10.3 versus 9.6. And receivable turnover, 4.9 below the industry of 5.2. And then inventory turnover of 5.6 versus 6. And these are over the last 12 months of those turnover rates. Chase, what do you got for the earnings going forward? Yeah, before I get into that, you want to have a little fun. Go look at a long-term chart of Sienna <laughs> Corporation. Go back to the tech boom. This company, and this is going to be based off different splits and so forth, but this is split adjusted. The price back in 2000 hit a high of $953.00. And wow. seventy-five cents. Current price forty-three dollars and fifty-five cents. <laughs> so this is what we're talking about with these high momentum companies. I'm not saying Sienna's a high momentum company anymore, but of course during the tech boom, just craziness, and eventually it fizzles and you lose a lot of money. Obviously, even after twenty years, you're still majorly negative. I wonder if the investor that bought it at $900 a share is still waiting for it to come. <laughs> it's coming, I, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> but but looking at the uh, 52-week high, $61.52, 52-week low, $30.58. This company does report on a fiscal calendar, so I look out to October 2021. I see estimated earnings of $2.72. 
would give us a target sell price of $44.06. So right about at that current price. But I will point out, I said they report on a fiscal basis. So October, they're pretty much going to be reporting soon, I would say. And then now you're going to be shifting out to October 2022. I see $3.16. So it would give us a nicer target sell price of $51.19. I'm not sure if that's in the buy zone for us just yet, but I, I do know that they have a good balance sheet. I, I think it, it's worth the, the watch here, Jairus. I, I think there's some some potential, but definitely more research here uh, and would want to take a closer look at those analysts to see what they're kind of looking at in terms of October 2022. And, and Chase, did you do the pre-exempt or the gap? The pre-exempt. Pre-exempt, yeah, because the gap is only one for October yeah. 2022, but the, the exempt was 10 versus 19 now, but still, even using pre-exempt, why'd you go pre-exempt? <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of something that we've been looking at. It, right. I saw not that many analysts as well. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because you you have to understand. Yeah. And it's not worth it, I guess, on this one. But you have to understand what the well, it could be worth is. on it. What's that? It could be worth it. Oh, and the three sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's potential here. Yeah. So, so what would be the target sell price? Of I said like fifty one. Okay, so, I mean, so fifty one. Yeah. So, so with that said, then, well, that's still only no. That's that would be good. Uh, but then you have to understand what are they taking out uh, yeah. to get to that pre-exact number. Very important because you want to make sure that they're not taking out more than they should uh, and understand why they're taking those out. Very important. All right? Yes. I, I was looking at this because I saw a recent drop uh, early September of, you know, $20, 25 uh, a share. <clears throat> just wondering if that was just an anomaly or uh, I didn't go far back to see the 900. So yeah, it was a long, long time. Long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and what could happen too is I, I still think at 43, it, it's a little too pricey. I would keep it on your watch list. I mean, if it falls to maybe like 38, I think would be about where I would look at buying it. Um, but if it goes back up, you know, sometimes you miss companies, but I'd rather be patient and wait. And you could kind of get some momentum to the downside that'll push it even lower. So I, I, I tell you, be patient with it. There's some potential here, just not exactly at this price. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching it for about a month, and it, it did drop to 37 uh, at the end of October. Uh, one last thing, Chase. Uh, I don't know if you're as crazy as I am, but when I go to Costco, I go up and down every single aisle. <laughs> I make a, I, make, I take pictures of what I want to buy, yeah. and I leave the store with nothing. So I saved a lot of money. That is very smart. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm idea. not as crazy as you there, but uh, it sounds like a good good uh, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Try it. It's a de-stressor, and, and it makes you feel like, gosh, I just saved a lot of money. Yeah. You did. And you take that money and invest it, and you do even better. Good, good moving. <laughs> that's why I'm li- that's why I'm listening to you this morning and hope to meet you guys next Saturday. Thanks so much for all you do. All right, Jairus, looking forward to seeing you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, and I totally forgot that. I'm glad he mentioned that because the workshop is next week, and I only talked about it once, so I want to talk about it again because it is going to be next Saturday, November 21st, uh, 1030. Uh, and, again, it's so important right now because your emotions are going crazy, not sure what to do with the election, with the coronavirus. We bring everything back together, and we talk about the fundamentals. We talk about, again, how to avoid buying the Siennas at the 950 because, you know, it's so hot and it did so well. That's what we go over. We go over all these different things. Also, do what you shouldn't be doing. It is a free workshop, but what you have to do is you have to sign up for it. Smart Investing 2000. Dot com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. You'll see it right there on the page. Just click on workshop, sign up for it. Uh, you can also call the office at 858-546-4306. That's 
546-4306. Ask for Brianna. We'll get you signed up. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday at the open air uh, social distancing workshop. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do want to kind of push on here as well. I'm excited about the workshop. Sure. We do have a few minutes left. I feel bad because Karosh did mention us yes. last week on Facebook, uh, asked about it. I said we'd try and get back if he comments again this week. So I did want to try and get to, to him this week on, uh, I think it's Dana, your uh, DHR is that ticker symbol there. Yeah, Dana Hair Corporation. Yep. All right, let's take a quick look at that here. Uh, the symbol is DHR, Dana Hair Corporation. Uh, we do see a PE ratio very high to start, 56 versus 7 for the industry. Price of sales, 9 versus 0.6. No price of tangible book value versus 22 for the industry. And then price of cash flow, 37 versus 6.2. They pay a very small dividend of 0.3%. Use 16% of the earnings to pay that out. Sales year over year up 17.9%. Industry was down 11.5. And earnings for Danaher were up 43.9. Well, the industry was down 67. So good, two good things there. Balance sheet looks good. Current ratio, 2.1 versus 1.7. Debt to equity, 57 versus 110. Return to equity, 9.1, not very good. The industry is at 14.9. We do see a net profit margin of 16.9, well above the industry at 7.9. And the receivable turnover, 5.2 versus 3.4. And image turnover could be a problem here at 3.7 versus 6.9. What do you got for the earnings there, Chase? Yeah, so uh, one thing I don't like about the company is the name. I can't pronounce, I feel like I can't pronounce it right. Dana here. Dana Her, Dana Ha, I don't know. Yeah, but ticker symbol DHR again. Current price $234.68, 52-week high, $248.32, and 52-week low, $119.60. So just based off that price, I'm a little concerned as, um, I mean, it's gone up. Substantially and right near the 52 week high. I generally don't like to buy companies near the 52 week high. You look at December 2021, estimated earnings per share $7.16. Give you a target sell price of $115.99. So it's definitely pricey. Concerned about that. I believe this is where Larry Culp, the new CEO for GE, I believe he spent some time at this company really? as well. But I just, I, I think it's a good business. It's just expensive. Yep. And speaking of GE, did you see that GE moved to like $9 a, a I share? I did not. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking, eh, maybe take a look at GE because maybe good there. But Larry Culp, you said he think he came from here? Spent I believe time. so. I yeah. believe he spent some time there. Yeah. So, well, I, I hope that uh, helped on the Facebook. We apologize to the callers that are still there. Kind of funny, the, the show is very empty on the calls during the first, we'll say, 20 minutes. So if we missed you today, sorry, uh, Ricardo and Terry, call back uh, next week. A little bit earlier, uh, we're here on uh, radio from what uh, nine to ten. We do have, you know talk about different companies in the beginning, but about nine twenty, open the phone line. So, yeah. but um, yeah, good show. A lot of good things came out today. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I'm sure next week will be interesting as well, and uh, curious if we'll continue to see this rotation from tech to the, the more cyclical, the value companies, the reopening companies. Um, and you know, maybe next week we don't, but I do yeah. believe over the next two years we will. Yep. And I'm just curious. I've been doing this for twenty eight years. Uh, just wondering how many shows I've done. Uh, I guess 52 a year approximately, so that'd be, what, 1,040 plus that. So you're probably looking at, what, 1,400? 1,456 if you did every show 52 times in 28 <laughs> years. <laughs> All righty. Thank you for listening to the Smart Investing Show. It is for informational purposes only and should not be used as investment advice. If you'd like to discuss in more detail your investment needs or have other investment questions, feel free to call myself Brent Wilsey or Chase Wilsey at 858 858- 
That's 858-546-4306. Or visit our website, smartinvesting2000.com. That's smartinvesting2000.com. And for more daily educational information uh, with investment tips, go to our Facebook page, Smart Investing with Brent Chase Wilsey. Today's show is sponsored in part by Thompson Reuters. Closing song, My Way, is performed by local entertainer, Roman Palacios. Have a great day. We'll talk more next week right here on the Smart Investing Show. And may I say, not in a shop. This program is sponsored by Wilsey Asset Management.